0: So I think we might have a bit of a problem. Nah. And uh, what I mean by that is I, I think we might go to the movies too much, um, which I, you know, I didn't think was possible. But I know I at least am officially a regular at the <laughs> AMC theater near our house. I went over there the other night to watch uh, Love Simon, which we're going to review later in the episode. And I go in there, and the guy's like, "Hey, man, like uh, where you been? I haven't seen you in like a month." <laughs> and I had to like explain to this fucking guy that I had been like traveling and and not been going to many movies lately, and he was like disappointed. He' was like, "Well, it's really good to see you again, though, man. glad you're glad you're back and stuff." And like this guy missed me at the movie theater <laughs> because I haven't been to the movies, and it's been maybe a month mm-hmm. since I've been since I've seen that guy. so I think um, I think we maybe Go to AMC too much, if that's possible. I don't know.
1: Well, because he also told me the same thing when I went to Love, Simon last Tuesday, I think. uh, Last Wednesday. And really, it's not the fact that we haven't gone to movies in a while. It's because we've gone to the other movie theater in town.
0: Yeah, we've been cheating on him. (laughs) I I felt guilty because he was really nice. He's a nice dude. He always talks to us when we go in there. And we were cheating on him with the theater across town that has the recliners. Mm Mm-hmm and he picked up on that so i felt shitty
1: i don't think he under i don't think he knew that we've gone to the other theater i just think maybe he thinks we don't like movies anymore
0: oh he suspected something you i can so? see it in his eyes he could yeah. smell it on us he could he could smell my conceit he's like i could smell marcus on you i was also alone um when i went in there and mm-hmm. he's like hey dude he's very much like a dude guy mm-hmm. he's like hey dude like it's been a while man how you been bro and then we kind of caught up for a little bit and he's like, "So what are you seeing tonight, man?" And I was like, "Well, I'm going to go to Love Simon." And he goes, "Oh." All right, well, six bucks. <laughs> so I think uh I think he I don't know what he was assuming. What what would a person assume just because I was trying to go to Love Simon by myself on a Monday night at 5? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Sure. Oh, fuck you, man. It's <laughs> lucky you got a girl to go with. <laughs> you get to go to Love, Simon, and no one judges you. What episode are we on, anyway?
1: Oh, yeah. Is it my intro? <laughs> I
0: believe, Yeah, you're dropping the ball. Fuck. Let's get to the point. Yeah.
1: So. Um, rewind. <laughs> Cut it out.
0: I'm not cutting it out. I'm leaving it in. Everyone should know how fucking dumb you are. You wow. Jo- you have one job. One job: bring people into the show.
1: You know, for this one episode, I was gonna bring because it's special. You fucking episode.
0: were not. It is not a special episode. It is. You don't even know what fucking episode it's. It is. Episode
1: thirty-seven, and it's my favorite number. So,
0: why is thirty-seven your favorite number?
1: Because it's a mystery.
0: What? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Seth well, Ott is in the house. Everybody. It's actually,
1: uh, it's actually from from Clerks. You remember? Uh,
0: <laughs> you oh, because you, how many you suck, dicks. Is you that? suck
1: thirty-six dicks.
0: 37. In a row. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's admittedly a funny scene. Yeah. Seth Ott and Cody Michael here, folks. Episode 37 of the SoCo show. A lot of good news and stuff this week. So we're going to get to a bunch of that. A lot of stuff in movies. That's going to kind of be the main event uh, toward the end of the show. In addition to uh, the aforementioned Love, Simon review, uh, we're also going to have a review of the first episode of HBO's Barry in TV. We're going to talk about a little NFL news in sports and uh, update you on a couple upcoming games as well as uh, a game that came out today in video games. So before we get into all of that, we have to, of course, talk about our wonderful sponsor, Audible.
1: Our wonderful Spurship.
0: wonderful I had two because.
1: Do you think uh, before we get into this, this ad? I mean, obviously, I mean, Audible kind of knows that that they sponsor us, they right? They have no fucking clue. Well, because you signed up for it, so at least they have a registry of it, but we could say whatever we want about Audible.
0: Oh, absolutely we could.
1: Yeah. What do you want to say about them?
0: I want to say that they're a fantastic way to enjoy audiobooks.
1: I think that Google Play Books is way better to use. You
0: do fucking not. <laughs> have you ever actually used Google Play Books? I haven't, no. No. Well, don't. <laughs> Use Audible, and if you're going to use Audible, uh, don't forget to go to audibletrial.com slash SoCo, and you're going to get your first month free. Free! I forgot. (laughs) Jesus. Again, one job. I have more than one job. Your first, uh, you're going to get, like we said, your first 30 days, and you're going to get your first book credit for free. Free! (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um... Yeah, This has completely thrown me off. You've, you've thrown my rhythm off, and you've wrecked the whole show.
1: Yeah. We'll go to Audible,
0: go Audible's to, not going to keep paying us.
1: Go to www.googleplaybooks.com slash trial.
0: Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Team Audible all the way. AudibleTrial.com slash SoCo. Uh, one month plus you're free. Basically, folks, you're getting a free audiobook. okay? Follow the link. It's in the description. Get yourself a free audiobook and enjoy maybe something like Ready Player One. Of course, we have that. Uh, the feature movie is coming out this weekend. Um, so maybe after you catch that, you can check out the audiobook. book. It's uh, one of our favorite, maybe our favorite collectively. Free! Uh, oh. <laughs> God. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to get through this fucking ad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> just go to, and click, and click the link in the description, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. One month in your first book free. Free! audibletrial.com slash SoCo. All right, let's get to the show proper, and we're going to start, as always, with cheek Tweets. I call you a punk! All
1: right. So, if, for those of you who don't follow uh, the celebrity obituaries, we lost a legend this past week. Really kind of an innovator in his class, and he really brought this culture to light. Uh, That's right. You guessed it. Bozo the Clown died this week. And so Iron Sheet couldn't go one week without you know mentioning Bozo the Clown and, and really giving him his proper goodbye. Bozo the Clown, God bless you forever. You are the doink and the doo-doo, the clown class.
0: Bozo the Clown was one guy?
1: Yeah. At least he started. The original Bozo died, I think.
0: Oh. I
1: don't, there might have been more, though. Or there might have, he might have been the only one. I don't know, because it ran for a long time. Um, but I think the ones we saw when we were kids were reruns.
0: Yeah, I never actually watched Bozo. I just oh, knew... I
1: I have specific memories of like just watching hours of Bozo eating plain cake donuts in front of my TV.
0: What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that is ins- that is what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Of course, but... you
0: remember that it was two weeks ago. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know why I specific, but I loved the fucking bucket game. The remember the bucket game bozo? I didn't watch Bozo. They even had these at like Chuck E. Cheese. They they had they had Boink Boink. Uh Bozo I mixed Doink and Bozo. Um they had the Bozo the Clown bucket game where you threw fucking ping pong balls into it was one, two and three buckets. Like further so one is closest to you, two is middle and then three is furthest away and you get points and then you get tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you the kids on the show won like prizes like I don't know what they would like want. A razor won. scooter or
0: something.
1: <laughs> I don't think I think because it, it, originally he the original one was like in the sixties and I think it, the show ran through the seventies. No so shit. I, so I think the ones we saw were reruns, but there might have been other ones. I don't know. I,
0: I wasn't alive in the seventies.
1: Well, I know you weren't, but <laughs> there's a, <laughs> you weren't alive when fucking MacGyver was on TV, and well, I guess I you never are. watched They're, MacGyver, but that's been on reruns forever.
0: So, okay, so the Sheik rightfully mourning the loss of whoever it is that played Bozo the Clown. Um, also referencing Doink the Clown, who you might not recognize if you're not a fan of the WWE, but he was pretty much uh, a wrestling clown. And that is, a th- that is a thing they used to do <laughs> in the WW- WWF at the time, actually. Mm-hmm. So the Sheik, uh, as you said, Seth, a very proper sendoff for a pop culture icon, Bozo the Clown. This has been Sheik Tweets. I call
1: you a punk okay so to 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 uh
0: to put this to bed.
1: Yeah to get the answer here. So the original one is the one that died um, but Bozo did run actually for a long fucking time. There is one two three, four bozos. Um, the original ran from 59 to 62 the next one from I guess he also did it at the same time from 59 to 1970. The next guy was 1960, so there must have been overlaps to 2000 or to 1980, 1984, and I think the ones that I watched was uh, Joey Daria from 1984 to 2001. It went till 2001.
0: Bozo so, was on in 2000.
1: Yeah, because I remember watching it on WGN. It was on WGN on Saturday mornings at like six. I got up early and watched it. What the fuck?
0: I you used got... to wake.
1: I used to wake up early. I would watch. I would get up and watch. I'd watch that. I'd eat plain cake donuts. I'd watch Snoopy. I'd watch cartoon. I'd watch Recess. Remember fucking Recess? I would watch all kinds of shit as a kid.
0: God, you sucked. Yeah. Late '90s, I was out making out with chicks, (laughs) eating donuts, and watching Bozo.
1: You were playing on your fucking fake keyboard that you had that made noise.
0: Oh yeah, I was. I was. I was producing bangers. I I used to sell beats to. uh, to uh rockefeller records Uh p diddy was rapping on my beats
1: (laughs) you just try to pretend you're a little donuts
0: i was little bow wow seth (laughs) i was little bow wow i was just waiting for the time in a classic disney movie type situation where little bow wow would be too sick to go on stage and i would have to take his place (laughs) i spent my whole childhood preparing for that moment did it happen no it did not (laughs) but i was ready for it if it would have I was like a lifetime backup NFL quarterback. <laughs> I could have sold a million records as Lil Bow Wow. Uh-huh.
1: It's
0: true.
1: R.I.P. Bozo.
0: R.I.P. Bozo the Clown. We just got from Bozo the Clown. Actually, we got from the Iron Cheek to Lil Bow Wow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That was quite the de- the derailment of this uh, thought train. It's true. We better get shit back on track and get into news. We're going to start this week. Um, I suppose we'll start with video games.
1: Video games.
0: Whoa. Whoa, indeed. Whoa, indeed. And video games this week are brought to you by the Pop-Tart of the Week, Chocolate Chip Cookie Dough. <laughs> Crazy good. So, Seth, one of the, uh, I would say, most highly anticipated games of 2018 was Far Cry 5. And that dropped today. Today, as of recording, of course.
1: Tuesday, Tuesday March 27th. March 27th. Which is one month from the Avengers as well.
0: Ah, one month countdown to the Avengers. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it is. Um, Far I'm Cry excited. 5 dropped today. You picked it up on day one. You've gotten an hour or two into it. What are your initial impressions?
1: I picked it up and set it down. That's it. So it stinks? No, it's great, actually. Um, no, for real. Yes, I did play it. And about yeah, about an hour or so in. For those who haven't seen anything about it, uh, heard anything about it, it's, it, this one takes place in America. I think in like Montana-ish area. And it's kind of like a loose, uh, a loose, loosely based off of the Westboro Baptist Church, kind of like crazy, radical religion. Um, these people like murder, of course, because it's a video game. So, well,
0: it's maybe more like, um, like Heaven's Gate, David Koresh, kind of right? Than I don't, Westboro I don't know Baptist. what that is. <laughs> so it's like a guy who says he's the Messiah, and they kind of, they all kind of walk no, around him.
1: He's not because he's not. He's he is. They call him the father, but he is—he's not God. Like he's not calling himself God.
0: Oh, okay. He,
1: like he's—he's he's going like how, um, Phelps. Yeah. He's like the leader. You know, he's the all-saying guy for the family, but he's still God is the—the the holy one. Like they're base. The he, anyone who opposes them are called the sinners in the game. Mm. So, so I mean, it's—it's it's, he's taking the word of God very literally, type of thing. Word, but, but murdering. So
0: that sounds like a shithead.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's so basically kind of how the game's set up is one you can approach it any way you want, which is really cool. Uh, you can be stealth about it. You can do a mix of stealth and and guns blazing, and then you can do, of course, like the guns blazing, you know, bombs everywhere shit. I I choose the stealth. I prefer the sneaking up guys and breaking their necks. <laughs> you actually sneak up on them, and like if you have a weapon or whatever, I had a shovel for a bit. I just brain the guy with a shovel.
0: <laughs> Jesus,
1: that's pretty cool. It's just a huge landscape. So there's there's the main the main bad guy seed. I think it's like Joseph Seed or something like that. Gross. <laughs> and uh, then there's three main parts of this giant area that you're in. North there's like north, east and west type thing. And there's a, ba- a main bad guy in, in all of them. And of course I. I assume that I'll be going through and killing those guys and then eventually getting to the, the main bad guy and killing him but there's a bunch of different type of types of missions there's rescuing civilians who've been caught by these people like liberate people who can be your fighters with you so you can create like your own militia waypoints that you free from from the crazy cult and then there's like monuments you destroy so that type of thing so there's it, it's kind of like it's kind of like a horizon when you saw me play that there's different mission types and you clear the map type thing so yeah i i've I've really liked it so far i think this one is a more modern take on some of of the other far cry games which have been more war type stuff whereas this is more of like a just kind of like your own army and and has more modern weapons and is not all about like the the animals in the in the area which you can actually there are animals you can there's like dogs and stuff you can have attack and all that but yeah i'm excited excited to play more
0: it looks gorgeous yeah we've of course got the the 4k hdr tv Mm -hmm. with the playstation pro and man does it look when i remember when i I walked (laughs) in the room and you had it on and i kind of looked at it and i was like is that a game yeah (laughs) (laughs) because it was it was holding for a long time on a guy's face and it was remarkably realistic
1: yeah the far Cry game far games have always been really graphically strong Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I of course expected this one. I actually thought about this when I was playing it. I was like, I know this game looks great, but it's not a shock anymore seeing it because all these games have been really, really good looking in the last few years. I think it takes a game to have some sort of different type of art style Mm -hmm. to really do it. And that's kind of like where I'm excited for uh, the next game to talk about is God of War. Uh, That one's going to have some pretty cool art, but it's going to be, this one's going to be a little bit different. a little bit different. We've already talked about the combat, but this one's also going to have a longer playing time, 25 to 35 hours total playing time. So that, that'll that be really interesting. So if, if you were to... Because you've you've seen the other God of War games played. You played a little bit of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, for all accounts, is this is different. But what do you think this means for... For one, what do you think... Because movies and video games are pretty similar in terms of mm-hmm. like length, how, how they feel. What, what do you think the longer play time means for this and maybe... In general, what do you think about the longer games like that?
0: So I think that this um, that this new edition of God of War, based on all the news we've heard so far, really wants us to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I think it wants to tell us a story um, and wants to really just be a real experience, more of a cinematic one, mm-hmm. than just, again, just mash box until all the guys are dead <laughs> and pick up their little souls or whatever the fuck. So... It'll be cool if they can pull off this pivot. Um, we shall see. But I think really what they're going for, they've enhanced the combat system, they've lengthen- lengthened the game. I-, I think it seems to me like they just they just want to be taken seriously. Yeah. It seems almost like when I hear things like enhanced combat system, longer play time, potentially some open world elements, it sounds like they're gearing for maybe a game of the year type.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, more of an awards bait kind of game. So I don't know. You're more of a fan of this particular series than I am. I go back and forth between, you know, open world games and a more tight story. Mm -hmm. Um, And this series now apparently is going to kind of go both ways because the original three or four God of Wars were really tight stories. So what do you think in terms of this this series specifically? Do you think – is this a welcome change to you?
1: I'm excited for it, yeah. Especially it's going to give them more room to tell the story. Also, the other bit of news – I didn't even think about this – is there's no cutscenes. So it's all there's no transition from cutscene to gameplay. It's all in engine a hundred percent, like no no noticeable cut screen. Weird. Yeah. Um so the guy who he did his name's Corey Barlog. He did Guard of War Three. I think he worked on two. I think he did the Ascension game, which is a prequel, and then so he did those, and then he left and went over to the studio that does Tomb Raider. And he had he had pushed really hard to do that in Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. and they said, "No, get the fuck out of here." And so he's like, he had some creative differences there and left. I think during during the second game, Tomb Raider game, and at that time, Sony Santa Monica who does God of War was like, "Hey, come back! You this is yours, all mm-hmm. yours. Just do whatever the hell you want." And so. Yeah, he he implemented that from day one. Um, the other thing that's crazy too, so I've I I think I might have told you about this a long time ago, but I knew someone who I worked with in the past that her friend works for Sony Santa Monica. And I asked about God or. I was like, Is there any more God or? And she's like, can't say anything. <laughs> and this was in like twenty late twenty fourteen, early twenty fifty. So this is a long time. This game has been in development for a very long time. And so I'm very, that makes me even more excited because I just they had to put so much work into this game, mm-hmm. and especially if it's twenty five to thirty five hours long, so I, I'm, I'm very excited for this. Um, also, too, like I I don't know, because what I'm hearing, I don't know how much actual open world is going to be. I think it's going to be a bigger world. It's, it's less linear, they said, but I don't think it's going to be exactly a completely open world. So mm-hmm. it'll give you more time for exploration. But I think the majority of that twenty five to thirty five hours, with that ten hour window in there. I think it'll be still very story driven and very, you know, give you the. It's gonna be like you're on a kind of a loose rope. Like the rope mm-hmm. has some slack to it, um, but you're still gonna be pulled along.
0: Maybe some optional side mission type stuff.
1: I don't even know if that. I think it's just gonna be more like kind of the world is big and you see, th- you know, see some things, huh. maybe some enemies along the way, but.
0: Well, that could be cool. Uh, not on my list to buy. I'm just I don't give a shit about God of War. and <laughs> Never been a PlayStation guy, but I know that's one that you're pretty charged up for. Oh yeah. Uh, just a few weeks away here now. 420, I think, is the yep. release date. So, um, after you go buy your Pineapple Express, um, also pick up a copy of God of War and, and play through that. Sure, that'll be a fun fucking combo. Oh yeah. <laughs> Another game we were hoping to see in April. Um, is We Happy Few. And you probably haven't heard anyone besides me talk about this game. <laughs> um, but I've been really charged up about it for about two years now um, since they kind of premiered some footage, some early footage at E3 a couple years back. Anyway, um, We Happy Few has really been in a production nightmare. They, they were working on it, then they pushed it back, then it got bought by a studio, and then that studio pushed it back. It was supposed to come out in April, um, but now it's been pushed back. They're saying to the middle of the year. So I would expect it, you know, in uh, June or July. Um, So further delays on We Happy Few, uh, it it has been kind of in, like, test betas and things like that. I'm kind of getting nervous about it at this point. Like, just bring out the fucking game. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, trying to stay optimistic and, you know, think that that means that they'll come out with a really good product since they're taking the time to put it out. Um, I know you've seen, you know, we've talked a little bit about this. Um, It's more of a creepy kind of horror type game is how it's been marketed so far. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you had any interest in it from from Jump Street, but is this kind of delaying and, and pushing back this many times? Does that something that generally concerns you or gives you more hope for a good product?
1: Not not really in video games. It doesn't concern me in video games. It's happened many times. Um, the prime example is Last Guardian,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is the the PS4 cat dog game, bird dog <laughs> game. That's what it is. dog, big old bird dog.
0: the world, look at <laughs> dog.
1: That game got pushed back by almost ten years. And it was incredible. I really liked it. So I think that – and I know with, like, We Happy Few especially, it moved studios entirely. Mm -hmm. And so – and it started off as an indie too. So, I I mean, there might be some creative differences involved and and things like that. I think if if a game gets pushed back, it can usually be more positive just because they're taking more time to work on it and perfect it and – there's less expect, expectations with a lot of video games, too. Mm-hmm. And I think video gamers, in, in general, expect games to co- take longer to come out. So, and no, I, it doesn't concern me.
0: Well, that's good. I, I hope you're right. I hope it means that they come out with a good game. I've, I've just gotten really excited about this game, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun when it does come out. Um, if you want to hear more about We Happy Few, we, we've talked about it a lot on the show, but... Um, Give it a quick Google and you can see kind of the gameplay that was put out at E3 a couple years ago. Um, I think it's got potential to be really, really fun. Um, One other side piece on We Happy Few also, apparently there's a movie in the works, um, which is funny because the game hasn't even come out, but um, the rights to make a movie were bought up about a year ago, actually. And so I don't know. It's probably still in pre-production. Nothing really moved yet, but... Uh, yeah look out for if the game ever does come out then look up, look out for a movie to also come out which I think this is the kind of thing that could lend itself to a really cool
1: do you a really know cool movie. what studio bought it
0: um I can tell you yes
1: was it Blumhouse no oh, I say, if Blumhouse did it they'd make a sick movie
0: yeah that would actually be really fucking awesome the riots were bought a year ago by Gold Circle Films huh they're behind they're behind movies like My Big Fat Greek Wedding
1: keep going please
0: <laughs> that's the only movie they ever made. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Slither. That's that um,
1: bug. Was yeah, that, it's like a gross yeah. bug thing. Yeah, okay.
0: Um, a haunting in a haunting in Connecticut. The fourth kind. Um,
1: All those were not received very well.
0: Shut up. Uh, Pitch Perfect.
1: Okay. But Pitch that's... Perfect
0: Two. Pitch Perfect Three.
1: I heard P- Pitch Perfect Three is kind of like a horror movie, so. Or ref for Two was.
0: Um, search Party. People liked that one.
1: Which one was that?
0: Search Party is about um, the guy goes missing and his two buddies are- they And go they out. have to search for him. Yeah. T.J. Miller's in it and Thomas Middleditch. Alison Bree's in it. Oh, I like Kristen her. Kirsten Ritter. I like her uh, too. Yeah. Apparently it was good. I, I didn't see it myself. It's a couple Jerseker
1: years ago. Jersiker Jerns.
0: So we'll say mixed mixed reviews on Gold Circle films. Her
1: two movies that- Got good reviews.
0: Mixed. <laughs> That's mixed. So who knows? Hopefully, Gold Circle Films does a good job with the Happy Few. Uh, no, no timeline on their release for that one yet. So, um, but it's a good story. So I, I hope it turns out. And let's move from there over to sports. Sports.
1: And boom goes the dynamite.
0: <laughs> big big news. Big big news in the NFL. Uh, the Rams have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Okay, so not maybe not yet. But they did do that absolutely crazy thing that we thought they would never do that we talked about last week, and they signed Ndamukong Sue. <laughs> so the Rams now have probably two of the top three pass rushers in football, and they're going to be on the same defensive line. And you may be wondering, Cody, why aren't you yelling and excited and more happy about this? And I'll tell you why. And it's because it makes me very nervous <laughs> Because They paid Sue $14 million. It's a one year contract For um, this coming year Where it makes me nervous is They're really starting to get into a situation Where they're not having a ton of cap space And they still need to sign Aaron Donald So my concern is If they end up paying too many other guys They're not going to be able to pay Donald what he wants And he has already said he'll hold out <laughs> So I ain't playing He ain't playing so I just I, I just need a Donald deal to get signed, and then I'll be excited about Sue. Right now, I'm excited for the potential. I think it would be very fucking scary. Mm-hmm. I saw a one of the Rams, you know, publications or newspapers or whatever. Um, it said uh, the Rams are basically telling the league, "We dare you to throw it," mm-hmm. because they're going to have pass rushers Donald and Sue, and then um, one of the better secondaries in in football with Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters. Um, and then that whole set. So um, that Rams defense promises to be very fucking good. Um, we'll see. You know, like I said, you never really know what you're going to get out of Sue. He's had some issues on the field with personal fouls and things like that. So I don't know. But from the rest of the NFC's perspective, does this make you fear the Rams a lot more than you already were? <laughs> I'm
1: not even going to answer that question.
0: Yeah, that's a yes.
1: Yeah. Um. The Rams suck. Just might as well give it up now. Uh-huh. No. Obviously their defense is, is much better than it was last season already. We'll see. I I mean it's it I mean it's it's gonna be you already you know already, you already know how I talked about the Vikings. I mean I don't expect much of them this season at all, so but uh yeah, I mean it's gonna be between gonna be between the the Rams and Eagles, I think, for uh-huh. the NFC championship spot. NFC championship in general. And uh yeah, obviously that Sue makes them better as long as they can sign Donald up. Um, kind of just a weird note. Did you did you know that Michael Bennett, the the defensive end for the Eagles, went to jail after the Super Bowl? Did you hear about this? Yeah. Uh, he pushed down an old lady <laughs> to apparently. get to, to get on in the field,
0: but apparently and, no one saw him do it.
1: Well, he just got he got I think arraigned today, so something's going to happen. Oh, uh-huh. he's going to to court for it. The other thing is the Rams are spending still tons of fucking money on their stadium. They Today at the the owner's meeting, did you see this? Uh Uh-uh. At the owner's meeting, they um, are voting to increase the debt limit for the Rams' new stadium, um, which is now projected to be at $4.963 billion. What
0: the fuck? (laughs) I thought it was only going to be two.
1: Almost five billion with a B.
0: Jesus. Hey, L.A., man. (laughs) <laughs> L.A. don't care about money. Ah, oh, Christ. They need a sexy stadium because they're bringing in all these sexy players. Another one in the news you may have heard, Odell Beckham, is, I guess, being shopped around by the Giants um, after his whole, oh, he had a video surface of about a month ago where he was partying with a stripper and there were some drugs and shit. So it sounds like the Giants would love to unload him. And, uh, and make a trade. One of the teams that has shown interest is the Rams, which again is one of those things where I would love to get excited about that, but I would rather them sign Donald and quit fucking around than bring over Odell <laughs> Beckham. That would give them like six or seven players on their team who have, all, who have each been ejected from games for like fighting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's not really what you need. Too many of those guys is maybe a detriment. Um, now on the flip side, Beckham is... Pretty much exactly what they need on that offense right now. <laughs> so who knows? But uh, I I don't know. What tell me what your thoughts are on Beckham with his whole partying thing, and then the Giants trying to potentially trade him.
1: I mean, he's going to hold out regardless of where he goes. So mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's I mean, obviously there's the partying thing and and all that, but with the drugs and the video. But I think the majority of this for the Giants is 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 the the money thing. Beckham said he's not stepping the foot in the field no matter where he's playing without a new deal. So, he's he's definitely a diva. He's he's off of one play I think he's earned a lot of that mm-hmm. that one, the one catch. But he's also been very, very productive too. He's he's very talented. I think I mean no matter where he goes, he's going to make a difference. He clearly has made made a difference for the Giants. I think I saw a picture come up of of the stats compared which there's clearly a lot more wins, but even so with him being on the field when he's not, or compared to when he's not with, with the Giants, they still have a losing record. Mm-hmm. So I think that he's going to make a difference offensively for any team. I think the Rams would be a huge—I They, I mean, they'd have to win the Super Bowl at that point. But I also think that the Giants, their culture right now is changing quite mm-hmm. a bit from— was fuck is it what was this guy ben mcadoo ben mcadoo
0: the yeah most boring looking fucking man yeah. in sports.
1: he looks like he should make pizza um looks like he should deliver pizza <laughs> and I, pat Shermer's is their head coach now who i clearly know from the time this time with the vikings and his attitude is much different what are you laughing about
0: <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you remember jim Thompson? yeah yeah i was just
1: thinking about that <laughs>
0: <laughs> former coach of the of the San Francisco 49ers. He looked like he runs a fucking pizza oh,
1: yeah, shop. <laughs> Tom Sula.
0: I'm Jim Tom Sula.
1: <laughs> but I think I think Pat Shermer is much more of a no-nonsense type of guy. And I don't know if Odo Beckham even fits his, you know, fits his where he wants to be, you know. So we'll see. I think the draft will be very interesting for the Giants. Uh, they're in a spot to have really the second-best quarterback or take Saquon Barkley. So I think they'll be fine offensively, to be honest, with the guys they have. Not Maybe not great, but fine, uh, especially Pat Shermer. He's a really smart offensive guy. So we'll see. I, I, I hope for the Giants' sake he's gone, to be honest. I hope he goes somewhere else because he's going to be just a distraction in New York this year. Beckham needs to go somewhere like the fucking Browns or some shit and just kind of be awesome for the rest of his career but not really mean much.
0: If he was if if the Vikings were in the running, would you want him on your team?
1: I don't think they're in the running, but no,
0: no, no. You think his his bullshit is not worth his talent? Yeah, yeah,
1: I do. I, I I've seen him too many times be just a little crybaby and be a distraction for a team. Um, he's been in arguments with Eli Manning before. I I just don't, especially like if you look at him like with him and Kirk Cousins, those those two are both very emotional. They mm-hmm. they they wouldn't work together,
0: right? So, well, we're going to see, especially if he goes to a different team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how he meshes with culture, mm-hmm. um, you know, how he does just on the field wise. Um, would love to have him on the Rams as long as he's willing to not fuck with Aaron Donald's contract and not be well. doing cocaine in the middle of the fucking season <laughs> with strippers then. And I guess he's welcome in L.A., but I'm sure he'll find some fucking way to get into trouble if they get him out there. Another guy who likes to party. Johnny Manziel. Sounds like he wants back in the NFL, and he's uh, showing off for the scouts now?
1: Yeah, doing the Texas A&M Pro Day. Whatever.
0: <laughs> wouldn't that piss you off if you were a Texas A&M player, like mm-hmm. now a college kid, and then Johnny Manziel shows up to fucking steal all the cameras?
1: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, even... Well, actually, I wouldn't be that pissed, because then you got cameras there, and you see this young kid who's not noticed. That's true. I'd actually be happy. Because, you know, if you're a quarterback, you're probably going to be able to out-throw a Johnny Manziel, so...
0: So it doesn't sound to me like you think he's got a real chance. Oh of a career. fuck
1: no, fuck no. He's already he blew it. His halfway through his rookie season. <laughs> I mean he's he's a joke.
0: I I I think you're right, but there's a part of me that really wants to see him <laughs> play well. Um, I I hope that he does get a chance, and I hope he's able to play, even if it's just as a backup. Um, for whatever reason, I, I have a sick urge to see him get in the nfl and and make some starts and just kind of shake things up um but i'm not much of a believer in it no
1: there's there's no chance i mean even if you look at his college like when i saw him in college even i was like he's not an nfl quarterback Mm -mm. he's small and he made majority of his plays on his feet and he had a big arm he threw the he threw it deep but at the same time i mean like it's college Mm -hmm. and you play texas a and m I mean, this happens all the damn time with quarterbacks. You see these quarterbacks go nuts and then they come to the NFL and they're not good. Mm-hmm. You know, and Manziel was, was that next guy.
0: Yeah. Well, quarterbacks and receivers, I, I think, will have an easier time this year putting up numbers. Uh, it's been a lot of debate about the catch rule, right? And what is a catch, what isn't a catch. To me, the shit's pretty clear but everyone is really fucking annoyed and confused all the damn time and complaining mm-hmm. about it. So now it sounds like there've been some clarifications and some simplifications to the rule.
1: Yeah, so the the biggest thing, the biggest difference is the the ground part. That's where people got have been getting upset the last few years. It started with the des thing is you know, when the ball hits the ground if it comes loose, there's kind of a an interpretation there that kind of goes back and forth so they they took that rule out basically um they they've what it what it comes down to now is actually have it here so terminology now states that a catch-all occurred of a player who is inbounds a secures control of the ball in his hands or arms before the ball touches the ground b touches the ground inbounds with both feet or with any part of his body other than his hands and c after a and b have been fulfilled performs any act common to the game Example tucks the ball away, extends it towards, toward or over the goal line or the first down line, takes an additional step, turns upfield or avoids or wards off an opponent, or maintains control of the ball long enough to do so. That's the rule.
0: So I think what this eliminates is exactly the Dez thing, the Jesse James thing mm-hmm. in his game. So yeah. if I catch it, take two steps and dive, I the ball the ball can bounce out of my hands when I hit the ground. Yeah, that sounds like pretty yeah. much what's going on uh still though if the ball hits if if you haven't if you're not making a football move if you're mm-hmm. just going to the ground mm-hmm. you still can't let it bounce right so yeah i think that i don't know i get so annoyed by the whole catch debate thing when it's a catch it, it's a catch and when it's not it's not and mm-hmm. and even though the rules were annoying before i think they were clear enough um i suppose that i that this should clear things up. Yeah. Um, what I definitely appreciate will be, will be that the explanation of things will go more smoothly. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to say checkbox, 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 yep. and there'll be less subjectivity to it. So I think it's a welcome change. I still I think there's always going to be people that bitch about what is and yeah. what isn't a catch. Chris Collinsworth will still make stupid-ass jokes about it when he's talking. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, I, I appreciate the attempt by the NFL to make things simpler. I suppose
1: I do. I, I like this. Um, that yeah, there there was so much debate about that. I mean, and I, and I've always <clears throat> I've always been on the side of where I I have thought that like if if they made the football move and go down and it comes you know it comes loose because of the ground, that should still be a catch because they went did through the act of it. But um, also. One thing that I someone was debating on Twitter too is that this year you're going to see more fumbles now because of this. Mm. So they, that a lot of That's these, true. A lot there's of, a
0: lot of yeah.
1: So we'll see. I I mean that could be interesting because if they if they don't get touched and go to the ground and the ball comes out, fumble, you know.
0: Or if they catch it, take two steps and get blasted and the ball yeah. pops out, where what yeah. used to been an incomplete pass now yeah. it's a fumble. Oh, it's yeah, fumble. Yeah, that could that could be a big difference. Yeah. And then people will bitch about that. So,
1: yeah, I, whatever.
0: <laughs> any any simplification uh, that saves time, I think, is welcome. So, mm-hmm. here's hoping it works out. I just want to briefly mention um, some basketball things. Uh, give me your give me your ten second reactions to these things. So, uh, Le'Angelo Ball, younger brother of Lonzo Ball, uh, he pulled him. He got pulled out of school. He was at UCLA got pulled out of school and taken to Lithuania to play pro ball by his dad. Uh, Now he's going to come back to the U.S. and uh, declare eligible for the NBA draft. What do you think?
1: That family's so stupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Next thing. Uh, The NCAA tournament is coming to a close this weekend. We have the final four. Uh, We're talking Loyola, Chicago, Michigan, Villanova, and Kansas. Um, Who's your pick and why?
1: Well, if I could choose one— I would say either A, Loyola Chicago, or B, Michigan, because they have Mo Wanger.
0: <laughs> Mo Wanger, baby. <laughs> Give me Mo Wanger.
1: I think it'll be Villanova, though. I just think they've had the strongest run.
0: Villanova's my pick, too. But I, I'm hoping for Loyola Chicago because I love that Sister Jean. <laughs> I saw a sweet, <laughs> Sister Jean's going to get some Mo Wanger this weekend.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I uh, Well, they are playing each other. Um, I saw a funny meme, actually, that said. Uh, it was a picture of Grandma Jean, and it said, uh, Grandma Jean, what did you give up for Lent? And she said, losing. <laughs> I thought that was pretty baller. With that, let's move on, and we are going to go to TV. That's what she said. TV. We both caught on HBO this past Sunday. Their premiere Herpes. At... We didn't. You speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but what we did definitely both catch was the premiere of the new show, Barry, on HBO. Uh, this is the new show developed, or co-created by Bill Hader. also it's about stars Barack him. Obama. It is. It's about Barack Obama. And uh, he's played by Bill Hader. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I bet he could do an impression of him.
0: <laughs> he probably could do a really good one. Yeah. Uh, Barry is the story of a... Uh, I guess a hitman mm-hmm. who, through a funny series of events, ends up deciding he wants to also become an actor. So it's kind of a little bit of a drama comedy kind of thing. You and I were both very excited about this. We mm-hmm. both watched it as soon as we could. What were your thoughts on the first episode?
1: I really liked it a lot. It's it's got like it's got like kind of a Dexterish vibe, which I really like about it. He even wears kind of the same shirts that Dexter wore. <laughs> They're both tall and creepy dudes too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I really liked it. I thought there was some good funny parts. Uh, I, I really like the whole double life thing in movies and shows and stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely got me intrigued, and I'm, I'm very excited to, to con- continue to, to watch more. Uh, he directed and uh, he directed this first episode as well, Bill Hader, and he co-wrote the first episode. And I don't know how many more he's going to continue to co-write, but
0: I can't... think he'll co-write always. Really? Um, but, I know he came uh... up with the idea. Yeah, he's he directed the first three episodes. Okay. So we'll see how those are. I'm in agreement with you. I'm excited yeah. about this show. Uh, I think the side characters are going to be yeah. kind of fun and interesting. There's a really good cast around him. Um, yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm definitely going to continue it. Oh, yeah. Well, in case you forgot, Netflix loves nostalgia, and so they're going to bring back another one of our childhood uh, shows that we watched. I'm talking, of course, of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, <laughs> which I'm sure you remember the title of if you're our age. Um, we we at least I didn't remember what the actual show was about <laughs> earlier.
1: Yeah. yeah, before we before we came up and recorded Cody was uh, was perplexed by what it actually ended up being, which was, and we looked it up on YouTube. So there, I don't maybe it's not a hundred percent this, but the, what I specifically remember it was was a, a kids game show, mm-hmm. and they would get points based off of where Carmen San Diego was, and they had to guess and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and what I was thinking it was was like a like a sh- a TV show with like a story where they were chasing her. We around. could both
1: be right. There's I a mean... there's
0: a pretty good chance we can both be right, and I think um, what this rebooted series is going to be. Well, it's animated. Mm-hmm. Um, they have cast the the lead. Uh, her name is escaping me now, but uh, the lead from Jane the Virgin is going to play Carmen Sandiego, and uh, Finn Wolfhard has also been cast. Really, um, his 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 character's name is Player. So I don't know if that means that he's a player on the show. Mm. Um, the, these are just voices too. The whole thing's animated, so really confusing about like what exactly this is. I didn't spend a lot of time researching it, but um, I guess exciting, good for the youngins that they'll have. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego to watch? Um, always fun to learn about geography, I suppose. So a lot of cool stuff.
1: I miss kids' TV shows, especially specifically kids' game shows.
0: Yeah, there. I know you were a big fan of Guts.
1: Oh my God, Guts, and then but more. I, I liked the. I liked the. That's probably where my love of trivia came from because like they had Nick Arcade is probably my favorite. That's one of the. That's one of the other ones I'd wake up really early and, and watch.
0: Jeez, yeah, you and your fucking. Uh,
1: Legends of the Hidden Temple. Come on, Blue Barracudas. Are you kidding me?
0: Um, another show that is making a return. This is one I'm. I'm sure you'll be excited about. Um, sounds like new movement on Arrested Development.
1: Woo! Season five is filming. Uh, Will Arnett and Jason, the master Bateman, and uh, I think Portia Rossi all took a picture. To, or no, might have been the mom. I can't remember the actress's name. Um, anyway, they all took a picture together and said, the family's back together. Yay, minus Jeffrey Tambor because he's a creep. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm very excited. T- Tony Hale, who was in, was in Love, Simon. He was mm-hmm. the principal. Every time I see him, I just think of Buster, who is – he played that's his character yeah, in development I,
0: mother i think the rest of his career is going to be pretty tough to escape that yeah. role
1: he's great he's, he's in great. a bunch of indie type stuff i think he's hilarious but mm-hmm.
0: he's fantastic yeah did you like the so season four was on netflix yeah did you dig what they did are you like get excited for this for the season five to come? I, out i'm
1: excited for season five because they mentioned they're not going to do certain things they did in season four like make it a very chopped up story they, because they filmed season four and, and a bunch of separate parts because the actors couldn't be all together at the same time. Mm. That That's why it was so weird like that. And Michael Hurwitz, who's the creator and writer and all that stuff, he said that season if he does a season – he said this a while back. If he does a season five, it's going to be all of them together and then they confirm that they're going to be able to film at the same time. So
0: huh.
1: I'm excited for that to happen.
0: Well, there you go. A lot, a lot of big fans of Arrested Development. Yeah. Um never really was my bag yeah i gave it a couple tries but uh it didn't really stick with me but i know that that you're a big fan
1: yeah and ron ron howard confirmed a while back he did some more voiceover so oh cool i love when he does that
0: his voiceover is pretty fun in that yeah
1: i'm excited
0: they're excited we saw um you may remember from the the wb tour that we went on didn't we see the uh, the airplane cart thing
1: i think
0: we might have or was i'm i thinking of the universal tour I don't know. I've seen that fucking airplane thing. <laughs> I can tell you that much on one of the tours we went on in L.A.
1: That exact one is actually in the background of some movie as well. Like a random fucking movie has that that exact car in it too. And it <laughs> even says Bluth on it. Like they did it on purpose to put it in there. Really? I can't remember what movie it is. but
0: That's funny as hell. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. All right. Well, we've got a lot of movie news to get into, so let's jump into it. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set?
1: Movies. I suck.
0: No, I don't suck. <laughs> but I do have suck. A... <laughs> I don't suck. <laughs> but I do have a retro recommend. Ooh. So I want to recommend to folks a little movie called Primer. And uh probably It's about a... lawnmowers. It is about lawnmowers. You have to hit the primer before you um you start the lawnmower. Um no, the actual movie primer is um I think it's still available on Netflix. That's where I watched it not too long ago. Um, but the movie actually from like 2004. It's a little bit older. And uh, basically it's a time travel movie. Um, some guys b- accidentally, really, they accidentally figure out how to time travel. And there's a lot of very confusing shit that happens. <laughs> like when they time travel, they have to figure out whether or not they're creating a new universe an alternate timeline or whether they're moving within their own universe. They have to dis- they have to figure out whether or not there are duplicates of themselves and whether or not they can interact with the duplicates. Um, basically, the whole movie is them trying to figure out the rules of time travel. And it's very, very fucking confusing. <laughs> but it's very fun to try to pull apart. So it's a very fun movie to watch and then look up articles about that explain it. Um, but it's, speaking just of the movie itself... Um, It's well acted it's the the timeline elements are very interesting there are some very satisfying points where you sort of realize things Um, not really twists so much but like reveals Um, but it's a very it was a very low budget movie and so it looks kind of low quality when you're watching it like the picture quality Mm -hmm. but um, don't let that deter you definitely check this one out again I'm pretty sure it's available on Netflix but it's called primer P.R.I. M-E-R. You're not going to recognize any of the actors, but it's got a really interesting story, very mind-twisty kind of thing. So go check that one out. Definitely one of my favorite time travel movies. Hmm. Um, so give that a watch if you're into the really, it's really high-minded sci-fi stuff. Um, a little bit hard to digest at points. It's it's not for everyone and their fucking brother. Like, it's, a, it's pretty smart. It doesn't dumb things down for hmm. you either. So um, if you're in for a, a little bit of a challenge... Give Primer a shot, and then you're going to need to read some articles afterwards. But it's really fun to to kind of learn what's going on in that one.
1: Huh. So, I mean, another really good mind-bending Time Trouble movie is uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. So definitely of check course. that one out. Yeah.
0: yeah. I will say this. Primer is at least as good as Hot Tub Time Machine. Wow. Yeah. High praise. That is high praise. <laughs> so uh, check out Primer. That is this week's retro recommend. <laughs> Let's get, uh, let's get into the meat of the movie stuff. We have a couple of mm, reviews. Meat. Gross. We have a couple mm. reviews. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we have a, a couple reviews that we'll get into as well as a, a little bit of a news segment. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that. When Nude we get, segment? Yeah, when we get to it. But uh, let, let's start with news. And here's what I want to start with. Um, apparently, uh, the Cannes Film Festival which I think is in France,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, they have apparently come out and said that Netflix is not welcome. (laughs) Netflix cannot compete with their Netflix movies at the Cannes Film Festival. And sort of the same day that that came out, there was another bit of news that apparently in an interview, um, Steven Spielberg was asked if he thinks that Netflix movies should be eligible for Oscars. And he said no. No. He, he He said at their core, they are made for TV movies is what he said. (laughs) And that even though some of them are very good, they should maybe be, they should maybe qualify for Emmys based on their status as TV movies. But he does not think that they should be in the running for Oscar movies. So I want to pose, Seth, to you, I want to pose the question, you know, the film festivals, the uh, Oscar consideration, do you think Netflix has a legit place there? Or do they need to make some changes in order to be eligible for those things?
1: Yeah, I definitely think that they should be nominated for Oscars. I think it's ridiculous that people are going against them because they're making... I mean, a lot of the movies have been kind of trash recently, but they made Mudbound, which I thought definitely should have been uh, Oscar-nominated for Best Picture, but it was nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actress for Mary Mary J Blige, so that's cool. They, these movies are being made by... They're a way bigger budget than a TV movie. They're made by serious filmmakers, uh, written by serious screenwriters, and the production is just as big if not bigger now than all these hollywood movies. I mean, look at Bright. That had a budget of a crazy amount. Like I think it's 100 million at That's least. Yeah. So, I mean, and if you look at it now, I mean, a most people watch their movies through streaming. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Less people are going to the theater than ever. And the majority of like TV screens and home theater systems are better than what you see at a movie theater anymore, you know. A lot so of times, yeah. It's the fact that people and, – and the other thing too is like how many people do you think actually go to, to the theater to see the Best Picture nominees? The majority of the Best Picture nominees are out before – on a DVD before the Oscars come up. I mean like Call Me By Your Name, Shape of Water, I, Tonya, Florida Project. All these movies came out on DVD two weeks before the Oscars came out. So – I, I mean, it's it's just how people watch movies now, and and for them to discriminate against that, maybe maybe so much, maybe not so much for can can is it's still kind of I mean it's it's popular, but it's not like the end all be all. Mm-hmm. The Oscar thing, though, they should definitely be eligible for Oscars, especially if real fam- filmmakers want to to win by being the best movie every year. Well, if the best movie is on Netflix, they should compete against that movie. You mm-hmm. know,
0: I think there's a middle ground that needs to be reached here because. I tend to side a little bit with Spielberg on this. It's it's kind of challenging for me to say that a movie that never was in the theater should be up for an Oscar. If, I don't know why. I just have a little bit of a mental block about that. What I would love to see is for Netflix to release some of their movies in theaters mm-hmm. to get eligibility. And not just for like one fucking day like they did with Mudbound this year, but actually have a theatrical release and then just instead of putting it on DVD and releasing it, put just put it on Netflix then. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's the route that um, Amazon does. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I don't see why they couldn't be doing stuff like that. I, I just think that a theater release is important to me because I like to go to movies in the theaters. I totally get what you're saying, though. Most people are watching their shit mm-hmm. on streaming. I don't know. This is a really hairy... I think that something... And I think the Academy at some point will say something mm-hmm. about what it means to qualify. But um, I, it, I definitely think it's well within the rights of the the festivals to decide who they want to let in or whatever. The Academy is going to na- ma- need to make much more of a wide-reaching statement about it, though, because well, they're kind of the end-all be-all.
1: And I agree with you. I enjoy going to the movie theater. Um, there already is a—I a, think it's a two-week theatrical run movies have to have to be eligible for the Oscars. Okay. So there already is that guideline. Um, I think Mudbound did it, and— I do know for sure that Irishman's going to do it. Yeah, at least two weeks. I think him, he might try and get more out of it, which doesn't come out until 2019. So mm-hmm. he has a while to work on it, and this all, all might change by then. Who knows? So there it is that guideline, and and I think it will have to become more, more of a maybe the the Academy changes on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they reduce it to a week or not at all. You know, whatever. We'll see
0: yeah I guess I hadn't realized that there's already a two week thing mm-hmm. and and I, honestly, I think maybe that's enough you know as mm-hmm. long as you're gonna put it out there um in the theaters for people to see then then sure um
1: half the time these movies that come out only get it i mean uh, other than your you know your arty theaters in like New York Chicago, and l a most of these movies are in, only in theaters for a week or two. Florida Project was at a arty theater in Iowa City for two weeks mm-hmm. you know and never seen again so
0: it's just so hard because they have such a huge budget mm-hmm. and then they don't put it out in theaters. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's hard to compare it to the indies that can't afford to be out for all that long. Right. Um, it's just such a weird middle ground that I think we're just, right now we're just on the cutting edge of it and everyone's just going to need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. How far out do you think we are from a Netflix best picture? Do you think it happens in the next three, four or five years?
1: Maybe Irishman, who knows? Yeah. I mean, that cast and scar they're, cer- and- they're certainly yeah. trying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know, I, I. I think it could happen any time. I mean, you look at a studio like A twenty four, who a few years ago was putting out weird horror movies and weird comedies, and then they made. I think they were behind Moonlight, weren't they?
0: They were behind Moonlight, Lady Bird. Yeah. Uh, three billboards, at least one other. Call Me by Your Name. Yeah. I think was this year. They were like three of the best picture nominees were from A twenty four. I don't know, know if
1: Call Me by Your Name was, but I mean it. Yeah, it's. Studios can happen, can do it any time. You know, it's it's and especially Netflix having the money they have, it can happen next year for mm-hmm. all we know, you know.
0: We shall see. That's gonna be very interesting. The whole the streaming of TV and movies has changed fucking everything. So yeah. interesting to see where we go from here.
1: Netflix already won the best doc too this year with Icarus,
0: so. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, another fantastic documentary is Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not actually a documentary, folks. In case you were confused, but there is a yeah, reboot. There's,
1: there's no uh, people walking around with balls on their chin. So,
0: well, those people exist. That's not entirely made up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Men in Black is is sort of rebooting. Um, there is an extension of that universe coming, mm-hmm. and we already talked in previous episodes about Chris Hemsworth as the male lead. We now have his female counterpart, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson.
1: Yeah, no, Tessa Thompson is the female lead. I'm excited for it. I was. We talked about what we were hoping for uh, Tiffany Haddish, but mm. I'm excited to see Tessa Thompson and these two reunite reunite uh, from their uh, Thor Ragnarok appearance together. So, what, what do you think? What do you think this sets up for the movie in terms of their their dynamic and chemistry and 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 how? What's your excitement level for MIB four?
0: Well, so I'm I'm much more excited about this now because I think that Tessa Thompson, who by the way you can see in uh, Dear White People, uh, Thor, Creed, Creed, upcoming Creed Two, also, um, she's fucking fantastic. Yeah, uh, watch everything she's in.
1: She's in Annihilation as well.
0: She is in Annihilation. Uh, I still need to see that. She, I I believe based on the other things I've seen her in, she will be more of the tough, straight person. Like not straight as in gay straight but like she'll be more of the like the straight man character in this one mm-hmm. um, and that will free up Hemsworth to be his just goofy hilarious comedic self mm-hmm. so I think that will be an awesome dynamic I love everything Tessa Thompson is in I love and will watch so uh, I'm very much excited for that she might have even been on my list that day we talked about you who was like list. to see in it but um, yeah
1: she was I think she was on our list yeah
0: so I, I love this, and especially any chance Hemsworth gets to kind of stretch his comedy legs uh, is yeah. a welcome, welcome thing to me. The Fox and Disney merger seems to have shaken some things up, um, specifically in the X-Men universe. It sounds like some of the things we were expecting to see this year we're going to have to wait a little longer for.
1: Yeah, I don't care about those things. <laughs> <None>. <laughs> Dark Phoenix and New Mutants both pushed back. I thought New Mutants was interesting, but I honestly don't think that movie is going to happen at this point with the whole Netflix – or not Netflix, but the Disney thing. I really don't think that's going to end up coming out. Uh, My favorite part of news about this is that Bohemian Rhapsody gets pushed up Mm -hmm. an extra month and a half to November 2nd or 3rd. And a lot of people already have that as an early Oscar uh, potential nominee and potential uh, nomination for – Rami Malek which makes me very excited I think this is really just interesting in general the story I think is going to be really cool I know there's some contra- controversy with the uh, the director but I'm very excited Rami Malek is great he can he can do anything and the story is, is going to have a lot it's going to be very rich there's a lot of backstory there so
0: yeah uh, the Freddie Mercury biopic of course um very excited for that movie. We've talked about it as a couple times, and mm-hmm. I think it made your list of top anticipated. It was for, at least
1: honorable mentions. I can't yeah, remember if it was on there. For
0: 2018. So excited to see that moved up. I'm a little bummed about New Mutants. I was really looking forward to that. It doesn't seem at this point like anyone gives a shit about Dark Phoenix, th- really.
1: Yeah. I think New Mutants is already made. I think it's just gone through reshoots, and uh-huh. now it's just with the whole Disney thing. I really don't think that's going to come out.
0: Which is a shame, because um, I was really excited for a, sort of a twist on the genre, mm-hmm. with kind of combining it with horror, but you know, say la vie, I suppose. But uh, yeah, if it means we get that Bohemian Rhapsody performance sooner, then awesome. Yeah. So Netflix is also working with Jordan Peele mm-hmm. right now. Him and Keegan Michael Key both are going to reunite on an animated. It's an animated stop motion picture. And uh, they're going to be providing voices mm-hmm. for this one. So this, I guess, you could consider his follow-up to Get Out mm-hmm. is, uh, for Jordan Peele at least. Yeah. Going back to Ish. comedy. Yeah, it's it's not his he's just vo-
1: it's, Yeah, it's just his voice.
0: Excited to see him going back and hanging out with, with Keegan-Michael Key. I mm-hmm. love the two of them together. If you haven't yeah. watched Key and Peele, do yourself a fucking favor and go watch Key and Peele because it's hilarious. <laughs> um but, yeah, people are really anticipating sort of what does Jordan Peele do next? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's got a, a new project on his hands. Where do you think – I think more of the conversation is where do you think he goes from here? Like what do you expect to see out of Jordan, career, Jordan Peele as his career goes on?
1: I don't, honestly, I don't really know and that's kind of what I wanted to – because you're, you're definitely more the, the fan of his than I am. I mm-hmm. mean I, I enjoyed those movies or his movie Get Out and I – the Keen Peel sketches never really got got me, uh, to be honest. I, there was there was a few like uh, the Luther, Anger mm-hmm. Translator, and then the the the, the Del Yeah, but what's what's the valet guys? They were like oh, valet yeah. guys. Uh, the nonstop one. Those are kind of funny, but the then Get Out was such a such a such a different mm-hmm. type of movie. So I mean, and people have kind of been talking. It. Like you said, people have been talking about his his career. Do you think that he he goes back to comedy or do you think that he continues in horror? I just don't see him as a drama guy, to be honest. I don't see him making the next Oscar-nominated movie next year uh, for a drama. I think that Get Out was such a different movie. It was really original and he got good performances out of, to be completely honest, B-list actors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, other than maybe Daniel Kaluuya. But, I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think?
0: I'm very intrigued Uh to see where he goes because he is, of course, he's doing uh, Twilight Zone. He's doing that next. I think that you're going to see him do pretty much whatever he wants. Uh You know, um, I don't think he's going to get shoehorned into comedy. Uh I think he will occasionally go back to comedy Uh as sort of just a return home between things. I don't see him writing 10 more comedy movies and doing those. Uh I, I don't think that's what he does. I think he'll do some more of the kind of well the kind of shit you saw in get out some more commentary type high-minded kind of things i don't think he's the kind of guy that'll put a project out every year Mm -hmm. Um, i think he'll take his time get out with such a personal story and such a you know you talk about there's there's a lot is said about a director's first movie and it a lot of times is is brought out from a lifetime of thinking about those things mm-hmm. uh greta gerwig's ladybird is another really good example mm-hmm. of that so will everything he does be as high-minded and well thought out as get out I, who knows yeah um it's gonna be tough but i i think that's it seems to me that's where he's at home is is that sort of really challenging your thoughts and bringing concepts to his movies i think is where he's gonna want to go i Evidenced not only by Get Out, but by his involvement in the upcoming Twilight Zone reboot as well. I think that more than I think that is more telling even than Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your question, I, I don't think he really goes back to comedy. I think he will sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think he'll lend his voice to things. He'll maybe do some cameos and things. But I don't think that's what he wants to do. Really, for I don't think that's what he wants his mark to be.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. I just it, it it'll be interesting to see with what type of movie he goes to. Like, Twilight Zone, I don't I don't know if that... I think that'll be very similar to Get Out mm-hmm. in terms of how he does it. He, he's never really had... I mean, he's always been known... He did Keanu and he mm-hmm. did Key and Peele and, and no one ever really gave him respect until Get Out comes out. And I don't know if, if he's going to continue to... If maybe he... Not really got lucky with Get Out because that's very creative, but, like, maybe that was his one thing he had. Mm-hmm. Or if... Because, I, again, I just don't see him as a drama guy necessarily.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's very possible that that was his entire drama load yeah. and he blew it in one thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I could also see him as a, he's he. – I've seen a lot of interviews with him and he thinks he's a, a big thinker. And he has a lot to say about about race specifically. Mm-hmm. So I could potentially see him taking on like a historical biopic or – Maybe something that's fictional but still is in that realm of talking about race and what it's like to be black. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's what he knows, you know? So I I could see him maybe doing, I think that's where he could produce really good drama is in telling really personal stories. Um, Whether it be, you know, like I said, fictionalized or or more something along the lines of like a biopic. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's a lot of potential for him there. So between that, between that sort of, I think that's where he has a chance to be good at drama.
1: Yeah, I just think he has to, I mean, honestly, because Get Out was super creative and and super original. I think he has to to do things like that in Mm -hmm. order to get that type of, you know, that type of attention.
0: Yeah, because it does, I mean, and that movie, um, that movie depends so much on the concept. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not, it's so much harder to write something that is ultimately based in reality and have it still be compelling in a dramatic way. Yeah. So, can he can he round that bend? We'll see. I don't know.
1: He will get bigger stars now, though. I mean, like that's absolutely true. He got an amazing performance out of Daniel Kaluuya that was nominated for an Oscar. He got a uh, he got an amazing performance out of the mom as well. Katherine Keener, fantastic. But the rest of them, like Allison Williams, has been acting for years and Mm -hmm. has not been very good. The dad, I can't remember his name. He's been in a lot of Bradley Whitford. He's been in a lot of stuff, and he's been fine, but he's always been like a character role mm-hmm. type of actor. And then the rest of the people are just kind of bit parts here and there, you know. So, I, I do agree. I, I do think he did a good job of getting performances where he needed to, and and he didn't overexert some of the actors in that movie. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I think I think for him, it's going to be a lot of create. He has to be very creative in what he does because mm-hmm. he's he's he, and and that that's that's a good thing to have. Obviously, like Guillermo del Toro did a creative movie mm-hmm. in Shape of Water. But it's going to have to be something just very, very different, I think, in order for him to continue to get the respect. I think that the the next movie he does, I think is going to have to just blow people out of the water, and mm-hmm. for him to to get that status of a Guillermo del Toro or Spielberg, things like that, you know.
0: Yep. And I think what gives me hope that that is possible is that whoever it is, like whenever he says I have a script, it's going to be a huge bidding war. Every actor is going to want to be in it. And he's going to get to do it his way. And so I'm hopeful that when he does, you know, and I hope he takes his time, comes up with something really great, he's going to get to make it the exact way he wants to do it. He's got that. He's got that gravitas right now. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me hopeful. Um, Yeah, I'm not. uh, It's as much as I want to be. I'm not 100 percent convinced that Mm -hmm. this is the rest of his career could be that good. Right. Um, But I am very hopeful. And there's a lot of things that I've seen that back that up. Let's pivot to a couple movie reviews here. Um, I'll start briefly with um, Steven Soderbergh's Unsane. I went and saw this over the weekend. Um,
1: Unsane in the membrane.
0: insane in the brain. It had a... One of the ways it grabbed headlines was because of the fact that it's shot completely on an iPhone. Didn't use a camera... Well, I used an iPhone camera. Soderbergh did for this one. And uh, it's the story of a woman who finds herself basically put in a mental institution and she doesn't believe she should be there and so the movie is about her carrying on and trying to figure out why she's in there trying to figure out how to get out and uh, a variety of it's kind of a psychological thriller i guess is how i would describe it and uh, i'm going to be pretty brief about this movie because i don't want to give too much away about it it is very interesting it's it's one of those movies that you are really learning things as the protagonist does So at times it's very confusing, but it's very intentionally confusing. So when you're left in the dark, it's because you're supposed to be left in the dark. And that was one of the things I really enjoyed about it was seeing things unfold. Um, There are some pretty creative shots in this. You're going to notice that it's very visually different. I don't think that if you didn't know it was shot on an iPhone, I don't think you would guess it was a cell phone camera, but you would definitely know that something was up. There's some differences with the depth perception um, the color, even the aspect ratio are slightly different than what you would expect to see in a new movie. So um, I think that that was definitely very noticeable, but it didn't take away from the movie for me, which I thought was important. Um, I would say the first maybe 10 minutes or so, you're you're kind of adjusting to it, but then eventually all that stuff kind of falls to the background and you're able to just enjoy the movie on its own. It, where I have a con for this movie is that there is a point in the movie where you you fully figure out what happens. And... And it's sort of at the end of the second act, and when you find that out, it it incites the third act. And I think that the third act kind of suffers from that because the movie really loses its mystique. And um, when, you, when all of the lights are turned on, um, things are less scary. So it's kind of like the moment in a horror movie where... There's a demon you never see that's chasing everyone, and then you finally see it, well lit, and it's never scary again. <laughs> so there's kind of one of those moments in this one um, that left me a little disappointed. Um, I really enjoyed the portions of it where I was confused and didn't know what was going on. Uh, you get a very good performance in this one out of Claire Foy. There is also some uh, Jay Farrow in this. He in a not a funny role. He's dramatic, or uh, at least you know one of those kind of horror thriller kind of kind of. Um, Performances, uh, So I thought he was pretty good. It's a minimal cast, um, but it is well acted. The story is interesting with the exception of just some third act struggles. I would say this one is a recommend, especially if you're into Soderbergh or if you're into sort of the horror thriller elements of movies. It is not straight scary. So, Seth, I think this is one you could go see. <laughs> um, but I would be very interested to hear what other people think about this. So I, I would give it a recommend just based on sort of a curiosity. I want to know what other people think. If you've seen Unsane, uh, make sure you hit us up on Twitter or um, at the Gmail account, sokoshow 91 at gmail.com. Find a way to get a hold of us and let us know what you think, because I'm very intrigued. I was a little on the fence about it, but um, I do want others to see, though, so that I can uh, talk to some folks about it. So so let me know what you think. The other movie we're going to review, we both went to. um, Separately, we went to Love, Simon this week, which... Kind of a fun little underdog story of a movie. Uh, I think it started its life as sort of a teen slice of life kind of thing without Mm -hmm. a lot of – not a lot of ambition, just pretty basic movie. But it came out. It's gotten very good reviews. I think it's in the 90s on Rotten Tomatoes. It is. So that got our attention. So we went and saw it. Um, I'll let you go first. What did you think of Love, Simon?
1: I really liked it. Uh, It's probably actually – so far, I mean, we haven't seen a ton of movies, but it's my favorite movie I've seen this year, uh, 2018 it, uh, yeah. So for, I mean, for those who don't know, if you haven't seen the trailer or I'm sure you've seen the trailer by now going to movies, but, uh, Simon is, uh, he's in the closet. He's, he's gay, but no one knows. And he meets someone online who is in his, who's goes to his school and is also gay. And they, they have pen names, uh, that kind of hide their identities and everything. And so this, it, movie there's a lot going on here uh it's one part coming of age story one part coming out story uh one part comedy one point i finally enjoy jennifer garner in a movie (laughs) um one part kind of like a mystery too which is cool Mm -hmm. so there's there's a lot going on here but yeah it's just a it's a it's just a very fun movie it's actually pretty funny as well um it's very endearing, I mean, you really like all the characters in this movie other than the one little prick I can't remember his name now,
0: Martin <laughs> or some shit like that, yeah,
1: yeah, uh just I mean there's just it, there's there's really a lot to like i was I was engaged the entire time, and that that was kind of partly due I think to the mystery of it, um but just. Again, that I like the character some, character so much is written really well. And the thing I thought really inter- that was really interesting too, this is directed by Greg Berlanti, mm-hmm. who is the basically he's like the Kevin Feige of the Arrowverse. He's the head of all the creative stuff and uh, keeps everything in track and and all that. So uh, really cool that he got to do that. Wally West from the Arrowverse is in it as well. Got some thirteen reasons why alum with uh, Catherine Langford and then the guy who plays Alex Standall in that show as well. So really cool. I liked it a lot. Cast was good. Definitely a recommend for me.
0: I think there's something in this movie for just about everyone to mm-hmm. like. There's some really good dramatic elements you mentioned. Uh, also some really good comedy elements, some mystery aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really enjoyed this one. And it's it really falls into, we've seen a lot of movies in the last six months. Um, I'm thinking of like Lady Bird, uh, You Saw Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. um, and now Love, Simon, where there are char- there are protagonists in this movie who you wouldn't think we could relate to um you and i are both straight so to be able to relate to a kid who is closeted and getting ready to come out is seemingly difficult but Mm -hmm. the way they present him in this movie is just he's just every regular guy right he's not this flashy gay like stereotype or anything like that he's just a regular ass kid Mm -hmm. and is gay and so i think that was very important because just about everyone is going to be able to identify with some part of this movie and I th- I really appreciated that because that's tough to do. I think that the part of this, the parts of this that landed with me the most, that surprised me, were the dramatic elements. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some scenes uh, with with him and his friends where they have some conflict that really hit with me. Um, Josh Dumal made me cry in this movie. <laughs> I did not see that coming, and it's just it really is just a movie that you walk out of smiling. Uh, You know, it just really feels good Mm -hmm. to see a movie like this. And so it was a a very, very pleasant surprise for me. I think we both are in that that uh, we're going to recommend it to folks. get out there and see it uh, while it's in theaters, hopefully Um, just a real fun, nice movie. Uh was really fucking refreshing. I don't know. There's not a lot to say about it other than just it's it's good. Check it out.
1: Yeah, very good. The only thing that Josh DeMall's ever made me cry about is uh, when he's holding the uh, holding the carton full of nacho fries from Taco Bell. <laughs> I actually tried those out this week, and they weren't too bad.
0: They weren't too bad, folks.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I would recommend having a, a box of nacho fries and then going to see Love, Simon.
0: You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> That's a that's the first ever nacho recommend. (laughs) Nacho. (laughs) I want to say one more thing about uh, Love, Simon. And, uh, you know, we talked about Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird. Uh, I think Black Panther is another example of just like representation in movies and Mm -hmm. how important it is. And we talked about this at length about Black Panther. But the point I want to make is just that you can take. A characteristic a trait about a person and you can make it important to the story without making it the whole story and i think that's one of the reasons love simon is so easy to connect with mm. is because he's yeah he's gay but he's not like fucking gay and <laughs> this is the whole point point. and i'm uh, a, 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 a character uh what's a caricature Char- yeah. of a gay person just the same way that black panther isn't the same fucking rapping basketball playing <laughs> black person in the fucking movie and in lady bird she's not running around with her tits out and the whole fucking like just treat people like normal people Mm -hmm. when you put them in these movies and look what happens love simon is doing well it's getting critically reviewed great you know what black panther did lady bird was nominated for shit Mm -hmm. call me by her name was nominated by shit like just keep putting people in movies and telling their stories just like fucking normally Mm -hmm. and when you stop making comic book characters out of all these fucking people then this is what you get. And I'm glad to see that it's been successful in the last few months and And I think, I'm hoping that we continue to get stories like this because it, it it's nice. I like it. Truth. Well, from uh from that uh, nice little movie review, I want to get into a, a new segment here and this is going to be called Seth's Soapbox. And let me tell you folks, Seth is hot right now. Hot. He is fired up and he's passionate and he's got some shit to talk about.
1: Yeah. You guys so, ever had cookies, wings, and things sauce? That's how hot I am.
0: That is how hot he is. Yeah. Let's get into...
1: You ever had some jalapenos go in your eye? That's how hot I am.
0: That's how hot he is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you ever had Taco Bell hot sauce?
0: That's how hot he is.
1: <laughs> Taco Bell hot sauce isn't that hot, really. I yeah, just couldn't think of anything You just else. said
0: hot sauce four times. Yeah,
1: twice. Jalapenos I got in my eye once.
0: Anyway, he's really fucking worked up. Let's get yeah. into Seth's soapbox. Just go.
1: (laughs) Okay. One thing that almost ruined my enjoyment of of Love, Simon was one of the trailers beforehand. And this trailer is for the movie called Life of the Party and stars Melissa McCarthy. And it's a a movie about her kid going to college and she just – she never finished college. So she's going to go to college with her. And she is, you guessed it, the life of the party. And – this movie is the same movie we've seen in for, of Melissa McCarthy's for the last five to seven years now. And I am so sick of Melissa McCarthy. It's not even funny. I did not laugh once. I almost threw up watching that trailer. I I, I just don't get why people like this movie her. It's not even like her. Like she's pro, she's a nice person. I don't get why people enjoy going to see her movies. How are they funny? How, how can people enjoy it? So she plays literally the same role every time. She does two things. One, she acts real stupid. And then two, she falls and gets hurt. That's all she does. And people are like, Oh my God, people are dying in the, in the theater. I was, I was like, why, what are you laughing at? Are you laughing that she's still making movies? And I, I was looking back at the movie she's made uh, just to kind of think through this. And maybe, you know, maybe I did. Maybe I'm too harsh on her. The only movie I've liked out of hers that I looked through is Bridesmaids. That's a, and guess what she did in that movie? Act real stupid, shit her pants, and fell down and got hurt. That's all. I saw it once. That's all I needed to see it. A lot of people, too, have attributed her terrible performances recently to her, to her husband. His name is Ben Falcone. He has directed two of the movies that come out so far, and he's directing Life of the Party, of course, and then he's written a bunch of movies as well. One other thing that really pissed me off looking through here – I just did my best Lewis Black – was looking at her upcoming movies. One of her upcoming movies, which is being written by her husband, is called Margie Claus. Guess what the fuck she's going to do in that movie? Act real stupid and fall down in the snow. (laughs) Oh, my God, it's not going to it's not going to change. Even look at look at her other ensemble movie, Ghostbusters. What did she do in that movie? You guessed it. <laughs> Acted real stupid and got fell down next to a ghost in goop. Like, come on, seriously. She should not be in a movie by herself anymore at all. She, she's best in an ensemble and not even in that. Just get her the fuck out of my screen.
0: Are you done? I think so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, for me, that was a very rewarding uh, edition of Seth's Soapbox. Um, I got to say I agree with you. Yeah. I'm sick of her doing the same shit. This is the same reason that uh, Kevin Hart has lost his luster to me. Mm. He does the same thing. He's, but you, you at least liked
1: him in, in uh, Jumanji, right?
0: I liked him in Jumanji because he was less Kevin Hart than he has been. But in you know, uh, Central Intelligence and The Wedding Ringer and all these other fucking movies and Ride Ride Home and Ride Home 2 mm-hmm. or Ride Along, <laughs> Ride Along, Ride Home <laughs> <Sarsha>. Um <laughs> He's he's too small and he is scared of everything. Like, it's just, it's the same, like, stop playing the same shit. Play a character. How's that sound? Instead of just playing yourself. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I fully agree with you. I'm a little bit less hot about it than you because... I'm just not going to go, but...
1: <laughs> you know, I haven't, I, I haven't seen... The last Melissa McCarthy movie I saw, I think, was Ghostbusters,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was two years ago.
0: By the way, you left out of your list uh, Identity Theft.
1: Identity Thief, The Heat. Um, that, that, that wasn't directed by him, though. Um, oh. Identity Thief was... Or The Heat... No. Identity Thief, I think, was Paul Feig who also did... No, The Heat was Paul Feig, who also did Bridesmaids mm. and so people people... The heat was like what people consider her down, her downturn. Oh, really? It's people who hate her. There's still tons of people who love her. Like, I like her as a person. She is... Funny as hell on SNL. Yeah. I love her. When she's playing a different character, she's mm-hmm. funny. Um, also, just when she does interviews and stuff, super nice, super cool. But she plays the same thing in every movie and it needs to fucking stop. She's <laughs> doing also, though, I did hear, though... That she's doing a dramatic movie coming up here soon. Oh, good. So something different. I'll check it out. But I'm not gonna go see this fucking Life of the Party movie. <laughs> no fucking chance.
0: Well, there you have it. There's a future recommend from Seth. <laughs> Make sure everyone go spend your life on Life of the spend your money on Life of the Party so that we can see a sequel, hopefully. Okay? <laughs> and just get more and more of this Melissa McCarthy
1: goodness. Oh my god.
0: I'm really glad we added this segment. That was really fun for me. <laughs> Well folks, that is going to do it for episode 37 of the Soko show. Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever it is in a row. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever it is you may be listening. You can reach us on Twitter at Seth Oat at underscore Cody Michael or at Soko Show Pod. You know
1: it, you know where you can listen to uh, the Soko show. My yeah. favorite my favorite platform to listen to the Soko show on is Google Play Podcast.
0: Keep I actually do. I listen to it on Google. Play. So <laughs> yeah, not Audible. Fuck you, Seth. Uh, what you audible. do want? What you do want to do is go to AudibleTrial dot com slash Soco and get your free, free <laughs> first thirty days. We got to get you trained on that. Um, also, make sure you hop onto YouTube. Check out the Jared Buckendall channel. He's doing hella movie reviews right now. You'll also find trailer reviews on there, including the new Deadpool trailer. And in addition to that, uh, of course, the ride home. Most recently, we did Tomb Raider. We'll be doing Ready Player One this weekend. Finally, we're seeing Ready Player One. So very excited for that. So make sure you check out everything we have to offer and and communicate back with us, specifically if you've seen Unsane. I I really do want to hear what people thought of that one. We will be back. Next week with episode 38, a lot more fun stuff to talk about. This has been Seth Ott and Cody Michael. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye.
0: Bye.